Warzone podcast fans. Thank you so much for joining tonight. Your host, Chris Anderson, will sit down and have an exclusive one-on-one interview with his guest, Chase Britton. And it all kicks off at the top of the hour. They're going to talk about the upstarts, the training, the conditioning, making the long trips, the sleepless nights. They're going to talk about it all. And it goes to you live in just a few minutes right here on the Warzone podcast at the top of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Warzone Podcast. Once again, we're live for each and every one of you guys. A couple shout-out to our sponsors, Tennessee Championship Pro Wrestling of Lafayette, Tennessee. Also, guys, after the video in the description, make sure you guys click on the link. Um, There's going to be a link posted to win a $50 gift card. The first 10 people that sign up um, will be eligible for that. Um, guys, I know it's been a while since we put a podcast out for you guys. So tonight we're going to put one out. Um, this is actually going to be the third season season in the behind the scenes, behind the curtain. Um, tonight we've got a new guest coming on. Um, I know it wasn't announced on our page because it was kind of a in the moment kind of thing. Um, but he's a real good guy. He's a, he's a great head to have in the business and we're going to bring him on, let him talk to you. Um, just a little while. So if you would, please welcome on Chase. Chase, how you doing? You with us tonight, brother? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm doing pretty good. Trying to ignore all these warranty phone calls about, a, you know, my car and stuff like that. That'd be great. They don't call again. Yes, that would be great. I think we, I think every one of us get one of those three or four a day or, you know, they, they like to call and aggravate us, but, but that's all right. They can keep calling. Nobody has to answer. How you doing, man? How you getting along? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I of course, everything could be a little bit better, you know, if I was around the ring a little bit more than what I am now. But uh, I'm doing pretty good, nonetheless, you know, getting up, rehabbing a little bit, you know, getting back in the swing of things. But how you doing? You doing pretty good? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Just trying to take some – had some pretty serious tragedies come up in, the li- in my life and uh, trying to get all those things worked out and – and uh, trying to get a little rehab, trying to get a little exercise and cardio and conditioning in before before I really go go back in it full time and uh, and just looking forward to the journeys and and the uh, 
the accomplishments that hopefully I get to accomplish. You know, there's a couple more things. You know, I've been in the business a while, but, you know, I've accomplished a lot of things. But, you know, there's there's still those those certain accomplishments that I'd like to accomplish accomplish before I hang it up for good. You know, I think we all got those. And um, just tell us about it, man. How was it like for you getting started in the business? How did you get your first foot in the door? Uh, who trained you? Just just give us a little bit of information for, for, for all the fans here tonight watching you. Man, I'll be completely honest with you. When I first started in, man, it was hell. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's just how it is. Um, now, I am a third generation. You know, my dad was there. And then, you know, you got somebody else way back in the bloodline. But um, when I first started out, you know, it wasn't where did I train. It was pretty much who trained me. And when you tell somebody, hey, my dad trained me, you know, they kind of just like look down on you especially when my dad wasn't really much of, you know, he wasn't on WWE, WCW, nothing like that growing up. So a lot of people say I got in it from, you know, kind of rough, but you know, um, I grew up and I was always around wrestling since I was probably about two weeks old. Right. And uh, my uncle is Thorne. A lot of people know him, you know, my cousins Landon and um, you know, Growing up, you know, and going from all these wrestlings and stuff like that, these uh, these little spot shows and stuff, a lot of guys would, like, pick on me and shit. Like, um, they would say stuff like, you don't need to be doing those shows because you need to be over here where you can learn something. And I'll be honest, man, when I first started out, I didn't really understand it until I was in it about 10 years. <laughs> but right. I would say the first five years, man, like, no kidding. All I would do is, like, get concussions break my rib hurt my knee my i tore my rotator cuff one time and in a town for a feller named uh, bo james yeah now um he didn't do it but he was uh, recording tv that night and uh, i was probably in it for about two three years he knew my dad he knew my dad really wasn't that great um i went down there and the first match Apparently, he told the guy I was working, you know, to kind of stretch me a little bit, which I had a on me, so I really don't blame everybody for wanting to stretch me. Right. <laughs> but I'll go out there, and within the first three minutes of my match, I he tore my rotator cuff almost completely off my body. Yeah. And then for the rest of the night, I'm, I'm back there trying to do a push-up, you know, because I got two more matches, you know, because it's TV. Right. You know, and Frank Parker, I don't know if you know him, but Frank Parker, he walks up to me. And he's like, kid, you probably just need to just take the night off. I said, I tried. He won't give it to me. <laughs> you know? Right, right, yeah. But um, I couldn't do a push-up. I couldn't do nothing. I remember on my last match, it was at Battle Rule with uh, Frank Parker. And right after he said this, man, I, I he was probably one of my first buddies in the business that's actually been somewhere, you know. Right, right, um, yeah. He comes up to me and just like barely touches me and says, go over. <laughs> and right. that without even telling the, the boss, he, he put me out because I think we're, what happened was where I was new, they, yeah. were, they wanted to see how much I had in me. And yeah. I, that's a little bit what's missing in nowadays because it's like, it, it's not like these guys are out here getting spoiled by no means. No, but you know, I don't feel like they're really getting the old school feeling like I brought in when I, when you I, know, if, if 
you know, a lot of people will come to me and they'll, you know, these newer guys, um, like a kid that I've been talking to a lot. Um, he's out of from, I think it's Alabama. He's a new kid. He's, he's, he's been in it for, I think a year. I think he said all together, you know, with his training and, and a couple of matches he's done and, you know, he's still greener and what, what we would call it back in the day when I was just breaking in, we call it greener and baby shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, so he, he comes to me every now and again and asks me questions and, and I give him the best advice, you know, that I could give him at, at my stage in my career. But, you know, I, I look at these, I look at these promotions nowadays and I look at these superstars that's breaking in and, these rookies, these greenhorns, and, and, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them, they, they don't, they don't have the right knowledge. Um, they, they have an ego and half of the kids that's coming into the business now. Um, and when I say kids, I mean, green guys, I'm not saying like 14, 15 year old kids, but, right. um, I'm saying, you know, these, these new guys breaking into the business, they don't, they, a lot of them don't have a clue. Um, what what old school training was. A lot of them, you know, back in the day when I was breaking in, a lot of them wouldn't have made it out of the locker room, let alone into a match, period. Um, yeah. Like there's like there's this promotion that that I was booked for in North Carolina, uh, and uh, and I'll call I'll call them straight out. Uh, uh, GPW Gastonia Pro Wrestling. Um, they had booked us, booked me and a partner of mine, a guy that I got in touch with hadn't wrestled in a while uh due to some tragedies and stuff that came up in his life but uh, to make a long story short i'd gotten contact with him um he traveled almost 17 almost 10 hours i would say seven to ten hours down here to where i'm at and then we would travel four hours up to north carolina right. uh, once we got to north carolina once we got the motel book that we paid for out of our own pocket um, about three or four hours before showtime, the promoter that booked us um, had had messaged me on Facebook and told me that he didn't need us because he was overbooked and didn't know it. Um, <laughs> and and in my my opinion, you know, my opinion, that's unprofessional as hell. Uh, and and then you you take in perspective that the guys that he's got working for him, like Luke Fury. Um, Let's see, Luke Fury, Luke Christian, which I won't say nothing bad about Luke Christian because he's he's a kid that learns every day and tries to go out of his way to to make the towns and try to get better, you know, try to learn more and and stuff like that. Kids like that's really really who I I see making it in the business. But you got Luke Fury um, that tries to ride off his grandfather's footsteps and his dad's father's and his father's footsteps. You know, his dad's Nick Fury, his mm -hmm. papaw is uh, Chief Jay Eagle. Um, and I have nothing bad to say about Chief Jay Eagle. He's a guy that's made his name in this business on his on his own on his own what he's done. And and right. same with his dad Nick Fury. Nick Fury, um, I've done business with him a couple of times. Um, he's very good, very good head to have in the business. But this this Luke Fury kid, he's he's got an ego. I think he's had two matches, um, and in his hometown in North Carolina, he's never traveled out of state. Uh, never really had a big push. Um, and, you know, he's just disrespectful and, and, but to move on, you know, he, he just needs to learn more in this business. He needs to learn what it is to respect the old heads, the one that made it possible for him to even put on a pair of wrestling trunks, um, a pair of wrestling boots and, and, you know, people that's paved the way like Chief Jay Eagle, Nick Fury, 
uh, the Mongolian Stomper, George South, uh, Brian Logan. You know, the, the names go on and on. And <laughs> and then, but more about you, man. What what was it like when, when you first got that big? When you Well, before we get to that, we'll actually cover. Now, I know that you had a um, – that you had a tag team at one time that worked a lot in Greenville um, for a guy named Big Country. Um, it was a tag team called Top Top Flight, I think it was. Um, now, really, what happened with that um, was not <laughs> just a two or three times sh- two or three show deal, or what? What happened with that? Because you know, you hear everything when you, when you look on Facebook and Instagram and see a tag team is broke up. You know, there's all kinds of different opinion, but. You were the. I'm assuming you were the leader of that tag team. So I'd like to hear the opinion from the leader himself of the tag team. What was the reason it broke up? Um, the reason why that broke up is um, possibly <laughs> without really talking smack about anybody, because you know through through time, you know, I guess your mind kind of shifts over. Yeah, I mean, you have to change with the time. Yeah, but um, the whole deal with that was I was with Brian Logan, and um. He gave me this contract deal, whatever, and um, that was cool. But at the same time, I was also dealing with what I'm dealing with right now. But um, I have a very bad issue with, like, um, mental depression, you know, mental illness. Right. Um, I've been devoted to myself with changing that for the past two years. But back then, we had two guys in the um in the trio now how it started out was me and kagan (coughs) excuse me me and kagan did a lot of the same stuff okay and i was known as the top gun well i went to a show in indianapolis indiana and they were in the ring doing the same thing i was doing and i was like what the hell you know, like, who are you for one, you know, and, but you kind of look pretty cool, but still, who the hell are you, you know, but right. uh, I started talking to these kids and I've seen a lot of myself. All right. 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 Yeah. Because to me, I've been doing this since I was 13, you know, because my dad and I was kind of just thrown into it, you know, but um, right. Within time, I did go to Ricky Morton School for a little bit, and then I went to Team 3D for a little bit, and you know, I went to, daggone, probably over 300 seminars within 13 years. Right. But um, what really, with these guys, I told them, I'm like, if you guys are top flight and I'm top gun, how about we just get together and I pretty much take you guys underneath my wing, you know, you guys listen to me. And I'll get us where we need to be at. Our top flight. Now, if you know, we're not going to throw no names, but I'm assuming that it was a, a black kid named Nakeem or Daniel Avitt. Yeah. And yeah. Kagan Smith. Is that correct? Yes, that is very, that is okay. very. Because I know that they went just themselves oh, a lot over in Indiana as top flight. Yeah. So, you know, just yeah. to clear the air so everybody knows who we're talking about, um, just so everybody knows here on the show. I um, just wanted to clear that, but you can continue there, man. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, you're you're fine. Um, the thing was, is I really, really felt really good about Daniel, and I felt really good about Kagan. I mean, you had these two kids, and I'll be honest with you, dude. The, the, these guys, they do got potential, but they just need somebody to actually guide them. 
Right, right. And they need that that veteran guidance. Yes. Right. Well, I try to give that to them. I try to bring Daniel in with Brian, all that other good stuff. And Daniel, I don't know what happened with Daniel, but Daniel just went his own separate way. Um, that kind of pissed me off because I'm like, dude, I'm over here throwing my name, my my stuff in. Yeah, putting and, your eyes on the line. Yeah. And doing that, I ended up going off on it, and then that ruined the me and Brian Logan thing. And Brian Logan has been one of my idols since I was five years old. And me and him, right. we, can't, we can't even hold a conversation anymore, which – Half of that's not Daniel's fault. But um, with Kagan, though, oh, boy. I When I say I took that kid underneath my wing, I'm saying I took that kid and put him in my nest, okay? Yeah. Literally moved this kid into my home. Yeah. Okay? I got him a job, whatever, put him in my kid's room. Every time I go in there, man, it's like the kid don't know how to take care of himself. And that just drew me crazy. I'm just like, dude, if you're going to live like a pig, you're going to sleep on the floor like a pig. So I took his, so I took his air mattress. It's my, yeah. you're not going to respect my home. You're going to sleep on the damn floor. You know? Right, right. I don't blame you. Hell no, I don't blame you. I mean, you're bringing somebody that you don't know into your home. And if they don't have enough respect to respect your home, then they don't need to be in your home. Correct. Yes. Right. So that wasn't. That wasn't what upset me, okay? Now, I got him a job, and he quit. I got him another job, he quit. He had another job that he got, and he was doing really freaking good. I was like, all right, cool. I ain't going to say nothing, but, dude, you still live like a damn pig. Like, come on, dude. Like, my kids come over on the weekends. I don't want them showing up to, like, honey bun wrappers everywhere. And yeah. I made this dude a brand-new entrance theme that I came up with by myself. It's on YouTube. I, I sent out over 300 messages each day, okay? And that was my thing. Like, any promoter can say that, I, I, I promise you, if you went through your messages and you went through two years ago, you have at least two messages from me. I don't care yeah. who the hell you are. It, it, it's there. And if you don't see it, look your spams. You know, that's, that's how confident I am. But I was also telling them about him. But what pissed me off about the whole situation was he went on Snapchat and he took a picture that said, just because I get bookings and this motherfucker don't, he going to take my bet. Yeah. That's what he said. And I'm like, oh, oh no, 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 no. I said, the only bookings that you have gotten our bookings where we drive eight hours for 10 freaking dollars and there's only three people in the damn seats. Right, right. I, I understand said, that. I've been said, there, done that. I said, dude, four bookings in a damn row. I show up and there's not even a front row. I said, I'm the only one with wrestling gear. I try to work with you and I, and I have you in a headlock and I say, all right, now take, take a hold, you know, take over, yeah. do something. He looks at me and says, huh? Oh, hell. So I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You know? So yeah. whenever I seen that Snapchat, I snapped. I put a knife to his damn throat and I told him, get the hell out of my house. Yeah. But then some way, I don't know what happened, but there was money missing somewhere. I don't remember where, but something happened. Then he went missing and then his family contacted me or whatever. And if we're being completely honest, if I'm being completely honest with you, 
going back at it and I'm looking back at it now, I overreacted because I'll be honest, in that time frame, Kagan was one of my best friends that I've ever had and I probably shouldn't have acted that way. That was one of those going back to the whole mental illness things. Yeah, yeah. I had to come to light with, with myself, you know, what was the best way to handle that? Right, right. And if I'm being completely honest, dude, that was, I should have never done any of that thing to, to that kid. He should have never left my damn house because I think the kid ran out of gas on the way out there and I didn't even give a shit to ask. That's not how you treat your friends. And if he's listening, I'll just publicly apologize for it. You know, like that's all I can do. But, right. He's, he, uh, he watches, you know, he's watched a couple of ours of our podcast and, uh, I know that I think that he's actually stepped away from in-ring, in-ring, in-ring competition. I don't know, but I know he watches a lot of our stuff. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm sure, man, your word will get across, and and we'll make sure that once this podcast is up and finished, and we get all of our edits done and everything, and get all your pictures put in here so people can see, you know, basically who the hell you are. Right. right. I'm sure. I'm sure that. Uh, once it gets uploaded, I'm sure that we'll be able to share it on enough platforms to where, right. you know, that he can see it uh, and and all of that. Maybe watch it, maybe hear you, uh, yeah. you know. So, but but, but the, with this thing, and I've watched him. I've watched him a lot. Yeah, the, the uh, last thing I want from either one of those kids is the last thing I ever want to hear from him or Daniel is that they hung it up <laughs> because – they don't understand what they were around because they were young in it. Okay. And here, here, here's my little key of advice. And I feel like I'm able to give this advice because, you know, even when I went to Canada for that long tour and stuff like that, I told a group of high schoolers the same exact advice and it helped them. So I know for a fact, I, I know what I'm talking about, but you know, years ago, whenever I got into it, I had the biggest damn ego. You'll never know. Yeah. I thought I was the best thing since sliced bread because my dad was, you know, my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't listen to Chase Owens. Okay. Yeah. This right when I say that, let that click. Okay. I thought Chase Owens was a piece of shit. I thought he was somebody that was an idiot. Okay. Right. Because right. I was, yeah. I was young. I was dumb. And then going back to it, look where Chase Owens is at. You see where I'm getting at? It's right, like, right, yeah. If I just shut the hell up whenever I was green and I listened, the people that I was around, I would have been right there with them, okay? Because I had Ricky Morton in my ear, okay? Hell, I had Kerry Morton in my ear, okay? I had Elliot Russell in my ear. I had, I had Matt Sigmund. I had Tony Gibbons for a long time telling me, hey, man, you need to do this. I had Chase Owens, Chase Stevens, who's still one of my dear friends, Chris Michaels, who's who's like my wrestling dad, you know, yeah. Dane Wayne, you know. I had all these guys, dude. And then not only that, you've also had to put in – I had Dr. Tom Pritchard in my ear, okay? Yeah. I had all these guys when I was young around me almost on a weekly basis or on a training basis. I had Devon Dudley pull me into his office and say, if I don't get over my ego – He's going to have to put on the wrestling boots, and he ain't going. To, I ain't going to like the outcome. Devon fucking Dudley, okay? Right. Now, my thing is, is 
when somebody's sitting there trying to help you out from my personal from all 32 of my concussions and every one of my injuries that I got, right. The best thing to do, if you've been in it four years or longer or four years or shorter, shut up, listen to the ones around you. Because if I did, I would not be here right now. I would be on a mainstream somewhere. I'd be on AEW on Monday nights. Even that's something, you know, right. like, but the thing that kills me with Daniel and Kagan is they had people that were on mainstream on that very freaking second. Okay. Look where Trey Miguel is. Look where all those boys, they, Kagan was right there in their car load, bro. Kagan was right there. And, right, right. and the, like when you seen the rascals, you seen Kagan. Right. Yeah. Why is not Kagan there? You want to know why? Because the kid doesn't listen. Yeah, you know, and and that's what this this new generation. And I'm not going to bash anyone on my podcast because we don't need any right. heat. But I, I don't. I say, it, I say it this way. I've already got enough heat. But you know, <laughs> but I know what I'm doing in the business. So you know, if someone wants to give me heat, that's fine. It's 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 taking the pressure off somebody else for a little while. But yeah. You know, I, I so, you know, like there was a lot of things that happened in my past that I'm still dealing with to today that has caused me not to be able to, to contribute to the business as much as I'd like to. Uh, but, you know, I say it this way. Uh, this new generation in this business has no idea, has no idea what it means to be at the peak of the match. They have no idea what it means to go out and tell a story. They have no idea what it means to go out and and leave the fans wanting more because you don't want to put out too much. You want to give them just enough to keep them coming back. Uh, and, and that's the thing. You know, when you show up to a show, uh, whatever problems you're dealing with at home, you need to leave that at home. When you show up to that show, you know, you're Chase Britton or you're Chris Anderson or you're – Kerry Morton or, or your Devon Dudley, you're a different person when you get to that venue. Um, so that's that's what I try to tell a lot of my younger, a lot of the younger people that I'm that I'm currently training. Um, I tell them day in and day out, shut your mouth, listen, listen to the ones that's paved the paved the way. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I've done all this and all that, uh, but. But a lot of this younger generation, and hell, I mean, I've got to give props to the Dylan McQueen kid. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. He's training. He's a guy that that took himself, man. When he first started, when he first started, I seen him uh, start out in a pair of ball shorts and a tank top, um, and just different stuff. You know, he was he was in that going out and and learning his craft, and then he eventually learned what it meant to own his craft. Uh, but but now you look at him, he's training with QT Marshall, Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes at the at the Nightmare Factory. And and he just made an appearance against QT Marshall on an episode of AEW. He's doing it uh, again on Monday. <laughs> and he's doing it again, you know. So look at look at, you know, and, and a lot of these younger generation was in the they were in the same place as this Kagan kid was. They were in the cars with these people that's that's debuting on AEW that's getting contracts and hell I got to give kudos to one of the best guys that um, that I've ever seen do this on an independent level and that's Blake Christian yeah um, yeah a guy that's just signed with a with uh, WWE so 
and and a lot of these people they're around the people that's being scouted but they they're too ignorant and they're too incompetent to understand who they're surrounded by uh, that was my and, and you know with you know you look at the the people that's on AEW now they they call themselves top flight um those those guys those two guys go out there and they give it their all and that's and that's what I like to see this younger generation getting the pushes but you got to you got to lay down your ego you've got to put yourself in check you've got to have respect for the business you got to have respect for the people that got you in the business and you've got to pay attention always always pay attention to who you're surrounded by uh, because that's what makes indie stars go from television professional wrestling superstars and and that's that's the thing with this business a lot of these younger gener a lot of this younger gener generation is too incompetent and too ignorant and i say that to give constructive criticism i don't say that to down them or harp on them or or chew their ass out i say that because maybe one day it'll help them and they'll say hey that kid, that, that guy that I heard on that podcast, he was right. I finally learned to put my ego aside. I finally learned to, to have respect and, and, and give respect to the guys that's paved the way. And now look where I'm at. So uh, more about you, dude. What was it like now when, when this, all this Kagan stuff went away and, and this Daniel guy went away? What was it like trying to go out and, and, and be yourself again? Go out and be, you know, if you were still going by Top Gun, I don't know. But what was it like transferring from a trio after all this stuff had happened back to a singles competitor? What was it like for you? Um, for me, it was – I didn't really see much of a change. All right. That as a – to be mean, but I was already getting – catching a little bit of buzz before they ever even came around. You know? Right, right. But, um, you know – I had two other buddies, and I feel like it would be really wrong if I don't mention them. Although, you know, a lot of people don't like them because they're brutally honest. But even to this day, they don't really like me now. But it's just because we just went our separate ways. But when they went away, when I got when we just, when me and Top Flight ended, I decided that I was still going to travel with somebody because I couldn't travel by myself because I would have a seizure. Right. And, and I didn't tell anybody that. And um, if I did tell somebody that, then a lot of people would tell me not to do it anymore. Right. Well, before that ever happened. But Adrian Silvers and Chris Hensley was in my, was we were in, I was in their car and um, I, I got us some bookings or whatever. And I got them on it because at the time, a lot of people was giving them slack and I'll be honest, hell I needed a ride, <laughs> but, um, right, they, right. They did the shows and I was real big on, if you want people to know who the hell you are, you get out and you move. And then yeah. Chris wanted to have his RWA, which he does have very good talent on it. You know, <laughs> um, his shows keep growing by the minute, you know, I mean, all, all power to him. I ain't got nothing bad to say about nobody. But, um, you know, I did put my name out there. I'd be like, hey, look, man, I got these other guys. And a lot of guys did not want to book them because 
of the crosses on Chris's face or they didn't want him because, you know, they just didn't, they had that invisible killer name attached to them. Right. A lot of guys that we actually went and worked for did not want them on their show. Right. 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 And how that happened was, is I took a pay cut. Okay. I took a pay cut to get them on the shows with me. All right. And a lot, and I've never, ever have I ever told them that, but I always told them like, Hey man, I got these guys. Now look, if I ever told Chris like, Hey man, these guys don't want you because your tattoos, Chris was just looking and say, all right, well, fuck them. Doesn't matter if, doesn't matter if I fixed it, but you know what? I wanted them to get out there because at the same time I was taking a pay cut. I knew that if I could help out Chris get, you know, getting out here, Chris is one of those guys. If he sees talent, he's going to book that motherfucker regardless, you know? So when I got him out there, that's when he met Eric, you know, dark storm. So therefore, next thing you know, Eric Darstorm's on RWA. Now, did I make them friends? No, no, I didn't. I actually screwed over two other friends to get Chris there, and right. we're way past that. But you know, like I said, I made a lot of decisions that I possibly should not sleep good at night. But you know what? Right. Yeah. But um, you know, it's different stuff like that. Like I would take them to Indiana. You know, and, you know, Chris rocked it out in Indiana. I, I mean, shit, be honest with you. He had more better matches than I did in Indiana. Right. Um, you you got what you got to work with. You feel me? Right, but, right. But, yeah. Chris, Chris, I mean, I give props words due, man. Chris has came so far from the very first time I met him and from the time now. And it, it kind of sucks in a way because – you know, I see a lot of my friends on his shows, and then when I say friends, I'm also talking about guys that are nice to me at the show, but they talk shit about me behind my back. I'm also talking about that. But, right, right, yeah. But where they never talk shit to my face, I'm going to keep on calling them friends until they grow the balls, you know? Right. But, now, me and Chris, we always have our ups and our downs, you know, where he'll cuss me out, and I'll cuss him out, and then two weeks later, is hey, bro, you know, but... um. To me, it just kind of like kind of puts me in a bad spot of like, you know, I put my neck out there on the line for you and I got you on all these shows. And now it feels like you kind of just grew a damn ego. And I told him, man, so I can say it. I say it kind of feels like you grew a damn ego when I ask you because when I want to come back to wrestling, I want to work for people that I trust. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, if Chris is only one of two guys that I actually trust. That's only going to leave me with one company to work for. And we'll get to that, I, I guess, at a later time. But um, when I asked Chris about this, because I trust him as a friend, you know, and I trust Chris to be somebody that if Chris put me in a match with somebody and they deliberately hurt me, Chris would whip their ass. Right. I, I put my hand on the Bible and I will say that, even if Chris probably won't. But I got faith in our friendship that he would protect me. So when I go to Chris and I asked him and then he sends me back a seminar in order to be on his show, that pisses me off, you know? Now, I understand what he's trying to say because, you know, you can't be friends with everybody. I understand that. I get it. 
But at the same time, when I helped you out with going to show to show to show, you think you would actually have enough respect for me to be like, hey, man, that's cool. I'll find a spot. Just come on down, you know, because every show I put on, he always had a spot. Every show right. I did, he always had a spot. Now, granted, because he had music in ring, but even if he didn't, he would always have a spot. Well, you know, and, and when 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 they, people like that do that, and and I say this out of all due respect uh, to anybody, anybody that's a promoter, because I'm a promoter myself. I own Champ Tennessee Championship Pro Wrestling Lafayette. I know it's gotten a lot of heat on Facebook. I know I've gotten a lot of heat on Facebook, but the but the fact of the matter remains today that the talent that I book, no no other show's talent can hold a light to the talent that I book. Um because I don't, I don't just go to Tennessee. I don't just go to Kentucky. I don't just go to Indiana. I go all over the world to find real five-star talent. Because right. I put on my flyers and I put on my my Facebook page for the show and and all of that. I put bringing the best best pure five-star talent. And if I didn't go out and I didn't produce five the best five-star talent, then people would think I was an idiot. Um, so I go out and I go to these places like All Star Wrestling in in Indiana. I book people like I, I go out and I get the real five star talent. I don't book these guys that's uh, that don't know a headlock from a wristwatch. Uh, I go out and I find real talent. And and you know people can bash my show. People can get on Facebook. But the fact of the matter remains today: nobody can touch what I'm doing at Tennessee Championship Pro Wrestling. And because I, I actually take the time out to actually get my guys over one by one. Because and I and I always tell these people that starting out with their or whatever, I'm like, you gotta bring in guys, you've got to give all these people a shot on your show. And then you've got to narrow it down to the 10 best 15, 16 guys, um, and have you, you know, six or eight female workers. Draw it down to the best 20 workers females and males and that's who you stick with um and then i know over time you know you have to bring in fresh faces to to get with the, the change over time but uh, but i always tell people you've got to bring yeah this guy may be well known in indiana or michigan or texas he may have never ever been to tennessee he may you may have to bring him down here and get him over uh, so once I bring these people in, you know, I sit down and I get these people, these these stars, these females and males, because I also say this, some females can work just as good, if not better than men. Um, so I go out, I get these guys over one by one, because you have to get your people, you have to get your stars, females, males, you have to get them over. You have to let people know who they are, what they're trying to, what they're trying to accomplish. Put them in that spotlight to get them over. Get them over one by one, and then that's when your company gets red hot. Because if your people are not over, your company's not going to get red hot. Um, so I say this to Chris Hensley and Adrian Silvers. Chris Hensley don't like me, and I don't like him, and that's just fine. Uh, same with Adrian Silvers. I've never dealt with him. Uh, you know, never dealt with him. He does got he does got talent. I will give the kid that. Uh, Damian Wayne doesn't like me, and I doesn't. I don't like him, and that's fine. Um, but this is a podcast. We get on here, we talk about certain things. But man, stay on the line here. We're going to take a brief intermission. Hear a word from our sponsors, um, and then we'll be back. Um, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors, 
um, hear a word from our donators and, and everything like that. We'll be back here in about a couple of minutes. Okay. sponsor body armor sports drink uh, they've been a real big sponsor to us um also i think this would be a perfect time to say a very special thank you to a very big donator that uh, a couple months ago lost his life due to a battle with cancer um and he was a real big real big support for us here for the Warzone podcast and he was always always behind me um uh, in my career and always behind me here on the here on the podcast and we want to say our condolences and our prayers are for him and his family um but we'd like to get right back into the podcast pick up right back where we left off we got a few fans here chiming in um so we want to say um we we have a question here that's that's asked a lot from from our fans and our scouts and and people that just want to know um what's your future plans knowing that it's 2021 um, and all this, I know this COVID, this pandemic, um, or epidemic, whatever you want to call it has really, has really caused a lot of, a lot of slow down pace stuff and these shows are doing masks and it's all different, but what, what can, what can the fans expect to see, um, out of you moving forward, Mr. Chase Brett? Um, with me, they can probably expect to see me at the racetrack <laughs> because, okay. um, it's still one of those re- rehabbing moments, you know. Right. I got to get in the gym. Got to put some work in. But um, I do got to kind of throw a little bit of information towards everybody. To um, there's a fight for cancer five with uh, Lenny Stratton. Um, I might be helping him out, or if not, I may just go just to watch because I don't even know if I'm cleared yet to do it. Right. But um, as of right now, that's pretty much. Anything for me, I race at 411, Bulls Gap, places like that. Um, if I was to come back, 
and get cleared, it would be for a all pro wrestling in Tennessee with Mikey Duggar, Dax Cable, and all those other guys. But um, other than that, I don't see myself being anywhere else because I don't trust anybody else. Right, right, and and here's here's the thing, you know, with with trust in this business, trust in this business is, you know, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. Um, you know, you've got those home shows, you've got those shows that that people love to come and watch, and then you've got your shows. It's ah eh, okay, you know, um, but with with this business, you know. Um, I, I'm not actively in the business. I uh, don't know if I'll ever be back in the business. And here's the reason why. Because this business has lost sight of professionalism. This business has lost sight of storytelling. And it's lost sight of what you call K-Fainer. Uh, right. And, and it's it's lost sight it's it's lost it's like it's been pushed out into the middle of the ocean somewhere and it's just left to swim because the the talent that's in this business today on the independents um especially you know our locals our local shows tennessee kentucky a lot of this newer generation they come in they come in with an ego uh they come in with you know, with an ego that's bigger than bigger than anything they own. Um, I mean, and and when we say ego, a lot of people, when you tell people about ego, they said, huh, do what? Ego, in my opinion, is, is someone that comes in thinking everybody owes them something because they're a big guy or thinks everybody owes them this or that because of who their daddy was or who their mama was or who their grandfather was. It, and and that really pisses me off because, yeah, you your dad could have been uh, a four-time Tennessee Independent Wrestling Hall of Famer. He could have been in WWE. He could have been here. He could have been there. Hell, he could have been up President Biden's ass for who cares. But the, the, the point of the fact is what you do in this business – I have a lot more self-respect. I have a lot more respect for someone that gets in here. Yeah, they're – you know – their Chief Jay Eagle's grandson or their uh, their Hacksaw Jim Duggan's grandson or whatever, but they don't base their career off of that. They go out every night. They make the towns and they make a re- they make a career for b- by themselves. They're not riding on somebody's coattails. Uh, they're not riding off someone's legacy. Uh, they make their own legacy. They make their own impact on the business and. You know, and that's really what I see. They come up with their own moveset. They come up with everything from scratch. You know, yeah, you know, if you want to base a little bit of your 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 gimmick or your uh, your persona off of someone that, that you had it was family or a friend or in the business, yeah, I get that. But don't base everything you do off of that individual. Make your own impact. Uh, make your own moveset. Come up with your own shit. Quit stealing everybody else's shit and come up with your own. Uh, but man, uh, I think, I think that this business would be a lot better off if it would grab, if it would grab back a hold of what it means to tell a story, what it means to get somebody over, how to get over how, and, and a lot of these heels in this business today are jokes. They're jokes. They're, they're, they're marks because they don't know how to get, they don't know how to get over. They don't know how to get cheap heat. Um, 
and it's just ridiculous. It's sickening, and 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 a lot of times you you can watch my Facebook lives. A lot of times I'll I'll go on Facebook live and I'll tell my opinion, and and what I see wrong with the business. What I see most wrong with the business is there's no storytelling, there's no kayfabe, there's nothing, and it's a bunch of kids that went out here in their papaws farm field for a few minutes, rode around with a dog for about five minutes, hopped up, rushed to Walmart, and bought a pair of leggings that fat fat pregnant women wear. Not no offense to anybody, but they but they buy they go out here, they buy these spandex or or whatever. They go home, they put on their their papa's cowboy boots and and a and a, and a bra and, and take a picture behind of a damn behind a damn curtain and they post pictures and think that they're the best thing since sliced bread that they're the next biggest superstar. And, and it really pisses me off because that's what the business has went to. It's went to marks. It's went to unprofessionalism and it's went to untrained egomaniacs. That's what it's went to my opinion. Like I said, opinions are like assholes and everybody's got one, but that's my opinion. You know, those guys wouldn't have even made it out of the locker room back in the day, let alone in a match. So, you know, what, what kind of, uh, <coughs> I say, what what do you what what do you do on a daily basis? Now you say you race, and and what so what do you do on a, on a daily, weekly basis? Now that you're somewhat semi-retired from the wrestling business, what do you do now on your on your own time? <laughs> I wish I wasn't retired, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but to I pretty much work all the time, working race cars, right? Feed rabbits all day, right? But, uh, right. To kind of touch up on what you're saying, I can actually understand a little bit of what you're saying, because um, for me, like I like I told you, you know, I was one of those generational guys too. But um, the reason why I always went to like Australia, Canada, or any of those out of state shows that I did was because I couldn't stand it when somebody said I was my daddy's son. Right. Like. I ran away from it, literally. Um, I wouldn't like to – I didn't like to work in Tennessee, period. Right. When I did, I did it because it was a show for a kid with cancer, or I did it because it was Mikey Duggar's show. And right. I, what anybody says, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever I can for Mikey. But um, it was like everywhere I go somewhere, they expect me to be my dad. And – the wrestling business, they know my dad, but I know a whole different person. So right. it's a little harder for me to want to be my dad. Yeah, I'm thankful for my dad of who he is in the wrestling world, you know. You know, I thank him every day for showing me a wrestling ring. Without my dad, I wouldn't be a wrestler for 13 years, you know. Right, right. But at the same exact aspect of it is, is – People may respect my dad, but then they look at me and then they're wanting to protect me in a in the locker room because, well, you're Chuck's son or you're Crimson's son or something like that. I don't want that, you know, and I've, I've never been that way. It, it pisses my dad off because I'd rather go to Georgia, you know, and work for Jack Lord, you know, because Jack don't know who the hell my daddy is, you know, or. I'd rather go to Indiana and work for Tyler because Tyler don't know who the hell my daddy is. You know, I'd go to Canada and work for Danny because I mean, not only was that amazing experience and anybody who 
wants to be a wrestler and you don't have a passport, you're a dumbass. You should probably right, do that. Right. You know, um, he didn't know my dad. So, I mean, now granted, a lot of times where I worked in a lot of places that I did, if I known my dad, I probably wouldn't. If they knew my dad, I probably wouldn't have the injuries that I did. You know? Right, right. But that's what makes me me because, yeah, I was that person who didn't give a shit about anybody but myself. Right. But I'm also that person that could be like, hey, look, I've been here. I've done that. I can help you out with doing it, too. You know, or, you know, oh, so you're going partying out after a wrestling show. That's great. Well, did you know there's also a four-hour drive right after that? And you may fall asleep and wreck your car. Just saying, because I did. You know, right, right, it's, yeah, it's different stuff like that, you know. And I learned from probably some of the best minds in the business, to be honest with you. But I also burned bridges of some of the best people that's ever probably graced the wrestling ring. Like, for instance, me and Ricky Morton, I love that man to death. Now, he probably likes me too on a personal level, but when it's a business level, I'm sure he doesn't like me because way back then I was a different person. Now, if I was to say, Hey Ricky, let's go grab a couple beers. You know, we'd probably go, you know, it's one of those things. Now I did mention Devon Dudley earlier, you know, because there was a thing where I was doing in the, in, in training one day and I was doing this thing where I was picking up this weight and I just couldn't, pick, I just couldn't pick it up because my back was seizing up. But, um, I was like, fuck his weight, <laughs> you know? And then right. Devon was like, hey, look, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> but it's those guys that actually, I guess, like, put you in a different mindset. You know, people meet a lot of people when it comes to wrestling, but a lot of people said, you know, you don't want to meet your idols type of thing. Which, to me, that can be good or bad because my idol is my wrestling dad's which is Chase Stevens and Chris Michaels. And I'll, I'll tell you, those guys may look like they're badass and they, they 100% will kick anybody's ass. But when it comes down to it, those two guys will be there better than anybody. Anybody. Chase Stevens is the reason why I made it to Florida. Chase Stevens is the, is the last guy to give me advice so good that it almost made me tear up. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, you you look at them and and you and you and you sit back and you scout, uh, you scout your idols, uh, and you look at them and then you meet them one day and you're like, wow, you know, wow, you're in this car traveling with them or they're helping you better your career and and this and that. But but Chase, man, I hate to cut it, but. Uh, we still got to leave room here on our podcast for another guest that's going to be coming on. Um, so I hate to tell you, buddy, but that's that's about all we got for you this this go around uh, because we we've actually got another guest coming on, um, and he's going to talk a little bit. He's he's kind of a newer guy, one of the guys that I was telling you earlier that was asking me for advice and stuff. He's going to come on, and and people's going to meet him. My fans are going to meet him. My podcasting fans, my podcasting followers I, i've got a follower on here that uh his name is knox um he's actually a wwe superstar he's been on the um he's got a podcast i think it is called the final count here on on this equipment as well um uh, so he the 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 host of that is going to be coming right on after the, our next guest 
So we've got a pretty big podcast going to be uploading um, here pretty soon. And we're, like I said, we're, we're thankful to have you on. Um, we were, we're, 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 we're happy that you took the time out of your, your luxurious evening. Um, beautiful, sunny, uh, beautiful, sunny Monday evening uh, to be here on the podcast. Uh, but we want to say thank you. We want to say uh, our, our prayers are with you, man, that, that you get everything that you're dealing with taken care of. And uh, we hope to see you out there again one day. And uh, we want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your, your experiences uh, with us here on the War Zone podcast. It's been a real honor. Um, to meet someone, to meet another person that's that's that were that was in the business and kind of started in the business kind of the same way I did, you know. So, um, but that's all we got for you, man. Um, guys, um, it was a real honor to uh, have Chase Britton on here tonight. And Chase, man, is there anything you'd like to say in closing to the to the fans that's watching us here tonight? Oh uh, yeah, man. If uh, thank you for having me on and. Uh... For any of the promotions or just people that's listening to this that owns a company, if you guys want to put your something on my race car, that's fine. Just hit me up. I normally just throw stickers on there just for the shits and giggles. So just right, right. You know, that's pretty much all I got though. If you guys want promoted, just let me know what the owner race car. Well, guys, there you heard it. If you want promoted, if you're a promotion, if you're a promotion, um, and you want you want to get up with Chase and he'll put something on the back of you on it on his on his race car for you and promote and uh, everything. Now, how, how can our, our promoters now, we, we do got a few that that's all over the world. How, how exactly can they get in touch with you? I think you hit me up on like a Facebook, you know, just look up my name. Um, I should only have one now. Um, okay. Message me on there or Instagram at uh, chase.britain2.0 or chasebritain2.0. One of the two would work. All right. Y'all heard it. Y'all can hit him up on one, two ways, Chase Britain on Facebook. And could you repeat that on Instagram again for him? Chase Britton 2.0. Chase Britton 2.0 on Instagram. Chase, man, it's been a real honor to have you on, man. We appreciate you, and you have a good night. All right, you too, buddy. I'll see you later. You too. Thank you so much, guys. What you just heard was the Warzone podcast, episode number four of Behind the Curtain with Chase Britton. Uh, I am your host, Chris Anderson. Make sure you guys follow us on our social media platforms. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, all under the name The Warzone Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Chris Anderson, and we will see you guys next time.